Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And no Dave Watson today. Yeah. Stuck in the office, apparently. Yeah. AKA having an affair. Almost definitely. With another podcast. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? Serial? <laughs> yeah, he's doing serial. Yeah. He's gone into investigative journalism. No, he's moved to Manchester. Maybe it's the Stockport County pod. Could be. Could be. Although, if I was him, I would be interested in the Manchester City pod because they. Win games. Yeah, but... And we do not, Paul. We don't yet this season. Sorry, I found myself going straight into football, which is very un-Newcastle Natter. A bit unnerved by it. It's a bit unnerving. I've just been to Portugal. How was it? Really nice. Have you ever been to the Algarve? I think that's the south bit, isn't it? Yeah. Lagos or Lagos, whichever that's, it is. I think that's in Nigeria. <laughs> There's two, isn't there? There's one in Nigeria, one in Portugal. Is there? Okay, we didn't go to that. And I ended up in the one I was told was in Portugal. <laughs> it was a very long flight. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was just delightful. It was just delightful. Wow. And uh, my girlfriend booked it without telling me and I had told her that we were intending on going to the Crystal Palace game oh yes and uh, she had forgotten that so she booked it for us leaving on that day and we got the taxi our taxi to Gatwick went through Crystal Palace and we did get stuck in the Palace game traffic and I was in very real danger of missing the flight (laughs) because I was stuck in the traffic for the game I should have been at and at that moment I was wishing that I was going to the game by the time I was, I believe, getting on the flight and saw how the game was going, I was no longer... I don't know. It was, it was good fun. Sure. I mean, your enjoyment of live football, how often does it have much to do with the actual football? I know what you mean. I know what you it's mean. It's the day around it. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Now, 
there has been another game since then, and it was Leicester City. Crystal Palace away, Leicester City at home. We're starting to get into the territory now where we're thinking that really difficult run of games we were through, and now we need to be picking up points. Yeah. That didn't happen on Saturday, did it, against Leicester? It didn't happen. It didn't really look like happening. Apparently, it was a dreadful performance. Mm. I was still away. I've seen extended highlights. I think our problem at the minute is we look okay for the first half of games. We're defensively quite solid, but we just create nothing. Our only shot on target in the Leicester game was John Joe Shelby from the halfway line. From behind the halfway line. Not a bad attempt. Yeah. but you Not his first attempt. I think one day he will score from his own half. But it sort of smacks of the problem that there's so little movement and options in front of him that the best option is to shoot from his own half. There should have been someone shooting there. Hosselu had a pretty good chance in the first half, but was incredibly slow making yeah. up his mind about what to do. And then Maguire came in with a, a an excellent tackle. But I think Hosselu made Maguire look good by spending so long deciding yeah. what to do. Just shoot. I mean, it's or pass. Richie was coming in. Do something. Yeah. Don't just wait for a tackle. It looked like he was waiting for a penalty. He was like, I mean, I haven't played football for about 10 years and that was in a kick about whilst still in costume on a lunch break <laughs> of filming Star Stories. <laughs> but uh, Who are you in costume as, I should ask? I don't know. I played a lot of different people in that show. I think it might have been Russell Brand. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. But um, I, he, he played a little like I remember myself playing, in the sense that I just am incredibly slow about making a decision. Yeah. Like, I've got quite a good touch; I can play a pass, but I need everyone else to just stop and let me <laughs> yeah. think about what I'm going to do. He looked very surprised to have the opportunity and just didn't want to waste it. So just thought, I'm going to keep the ball as long as I can. Which is not the best tact. I mean, he shouldn't be anywhere near our first team. What's going on with Rondon? He's just not very fit, is he? You do wonder at the wisdom of trading in Dwight Gale for Rondon, why we couldn't keep Gale and loan Rondon. Yeah, it's the, it's that thing about finding footballers who fit into the way that Rafa wants to play, and this is a broader theme because, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about, but one question that has been coming up this week amid all the uh, vitriol, uh, rightly-headed Mike Ashley, Ashley's way, people are starting to wonder whether there are things we can question Rafa on. Mm. And uh, it is frustrating that he wanted particular strikers uh because they fit into the way that he wants to play and got rid of uh, particular strikers because they didn't. But the two strikers he got rid of, Gale and Mitrovic, are much better goal scorers than the ones we have. If not the top scorer in the Premier League, then close to it. Yes. Which is quite galling. And one of them is, I would say, an even more natural finisher. Yeah. 
I think that the thing we're missing about Gale that Rondon doesn't bring is the pace and the movement. I don't think it's any coincidence that Perez looked better with Gale than he does with Hosselu. Kennedy looked better because there's, there's so much more space because the defenders are following Gale. Like you look at the Leicester defence at the weekend, Maguire and I don't know if it was Morgan or not. I think it was. But they're, they're very slow. Their dream striker to be up against would be a pretty ineffective, slow, decent head of the ball like Hosselu. Like any kind of movement around them could have undone them, which supposedly we've signed with Muto. But then if he's not ready, you question why we've got rid of Gale. This is, you know, it's early in the season still, sort of. What are we? We're not a quarter. games. Right, okay. We're a fifth of the way through, Yeah, I reckon, off the top of my head. I've decided that's what we are. If we are, then we're on course for 10 points. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, how, how many do we need? <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I still think... I don't know. Let's, I'm going straight in with percentages here for rele- relegation. I'm out, I'm out of practice with doing the pods. I'm all yeah. over the place in terms of my scheduling. You're still on Portugal time. Yeah. It shows. <coughs> well, as you should know, Paul. You should clear your you ha- throat with something. Oh yes, I'm gonna. <coughs> I'm just gonna ke- clear my throat with a lovely, refreshing can of Watney's pale ale. Just give me a moment. Watney's do pale ale. I know. That's what I just found out. I'm just gonna take taste a take a sip and see what it tastes like. Oh. That- <laughs> <laughs> It's an easy drinking pale ale. It's golden in colour. It's got citrus aroma, light sweetness, and a hoppy dry finish. Yeah. I'll be drinking that again. (laughs) (laughs) A quick sip as well, see what the fuss is about. Oh, God. Oh, God. Paul, are you all right? Oh, my God. Are you okay? Oh, God. I can't see. Can you see? I can't see. Have you just been hit by the taste of what news? I can't see anything. Don't worry. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be seeing everything a lot clearer. <laughs> just give it a second. It is delicious, but it feels wrong. It feels wrong. You've got, got to put a twist on these things, haven't you? No, it's terrific. What news? It's been going since uh, 1837, apparently. I'll just have another sip. 1837, that's uh, nearly 20 to eight, uh, 27. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, been going since a couple of hours. Long. Started... Um, before the ad break in Hollyoaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, what was I saying before that delicious blast of pale ale? Um, nothing interesting. Oh, yeah, by relegation, I think I'm on yeah. 50-50 now. I've, I think that we will... Or maybe I'm on 60-40 in terms of survival because I think that we will find a way, like we did last season of picking up points yeah but it's not looking good and i hope that by the second half of the season players like muto will be making a tasty contribution yes as tasty as a can of what is <laughs> i kind of agree i think we look 
a little bit like we've gone backwards from last season. But then if you do think back to... We had a nine-game winless spell last season. And we had slightly bigger... We had no goalkeeper, really, that was any good. We've, we're have we a bit more solid at the back. The problem at the moment is we look like we'll never concede more than two goals and never score more than one, which isn't the best recipe for winning football games. It's not, but... Um... It's teams good for have, goal difference. But team, teams have picked up a lot of points in that manner before. Yeah. I think... Burnley last season, for example. We've been a bit less lucky this season. Last season, everything kind of fell together. Tenth was a very false position. Like we barely It had... was incredibly false. People yeah. keep on saying, well, we managed to finish tenth last season, but there was a point or two in it, wasn't there? It was the highest, uh, the lowest ever points total to get you in the top half of the table. Yeah. And we had barely any injuries. And we seem to have... We don't seem able to score from set pieces. And we were quite clinical from set pieces, especially first half of last season. Yes, Lascelles was banging some in. Uh, I heard you and Dave talking about that on the pod last week. Um, Yeah, there's not a lot going on from set pieces. All of this can change. You know, there's there's a bit of form. But it's, you know, it all goes without saying that it's incredibly depressing around the, the club at the moment and it feels like it's so depressing that people have really clocked on like they were talking yeah. about it on five live the other night ian wright was uh talking about it being very supportive of the newcastle fans and it feels like once people like ian wright have sort of worked it out yeah it's no longer the laugh at the circus of newcastle it's really like or, or like talk about Newcastle fans wanting too much or whatever. I think everyone is really starting to clock on. Yeah, everyone apart from sort of Andy Gray, Richard Keyes, Dennis Wise and a few select other sort of sport talk sport people. The alt-right of football (laughs) banditry. Yeah. No, it does feel like the tide's turned a bit, but you sort of think, is that going to help us? Did you talk about the Keegan book last week? I didn't listen to the whole... We did... Yeah, we talked about the serialised bits that were in the Times. By the way, I've just left that hanger there. I didn't listen to the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It was an hour and five minutes. Yeah. I don't think many people made it all the way through. No, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Uh, yes, the the Keegan book. You... Yeah, we've talked about that. There are Keegan book signings this week. I was annoyingly I've got a meeting on Thursday because he's doing London at the Waterstones in Leadenhall is he when yeah. on Thursday Thursday at like half twelve. Ooh, it's tempting I, yes I usually have Thursdays is my free day uh. but I think I'm going to be playing golf with my brother <laughs> just got back from the Algarve just got to head out to the course um, <laughs> such a typical football podcast this isn't yeah. it now uh yeah, that Keegan book seems to have... Keegan book and the fact that it's been 10 years of Mike Ashley seems to have got everyone uh, analysing the state of the club. Yeah. And the state of the club might potentially be changing, although it feels like we were in exactly the same position last yeah. year. There is talk of Peter Kenyon getting together some cash and buying us. Do you have any thoughts on that, Paul? don't really believe it. It's hard to see why this has come out. 
I'm not sure who benefits from this coming out at this stage. But like you say, we've been here before. Usually when we're doing badly in the run-up to a transfer window, fresh takeover talk will come out. And it's always a reason why we don't invest in players when there's a transfer window. It's amazing. And then Mike actually went to the game yeah, for the first time since May last year, apparently, I think. Well, since his first home game he's been yeah. to, yeah. I think it was 18 or 16 months. And uh, laughed when uh, receiving uh, abusive chants. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely something going on in terms of... I mean, it's a losing battle with PR for him. Yeah. But I guess it's... Yeah, maybe it's just one big prick tease again. Wow, it's... But what's he get out of it? I don't understand what he gets out of it, apart from the free Sports Direct advertising. But he is... But that's toxic now, the whole... He's also... I mean, I'm not sure it's legal what he's doing, but he is like siphoning assets and money away from the club. So I don't know if you saw this. I can't remember the name of the firm that he set up, but basically Newcastle United has sold land around the stadium to a Mike Ashley company and they were never paid the money until the land had then been sold on for about five times the price to another company. So he's basically asset stripping right. the club. So still... But this is the thing about football which is different to other areas of business so from a football fan's perspective he is taking money out of the club and therefore essentially thieving yeah but from a business perspective he owns it and he can do what the fuck he likes he can take as much as he wants because it's his business he can he shouldn't be allowed to a football club isn't just a business. It's, it's a way of life. It's a community asset, really. It's a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but he is going, there is talk this week that he's going to buy Rafa and the lads a pizza. Yeah. Well, I, assume, I think they might all get pizza. So that should turn things around, shouldn't it? I think the only way that can be construed as a good thing. Sourdough. Yeah. In terms of helping our league position or the state we're in, him taking the players out for pizza is only good if the players have been starved for the last however many weeks. As a practical solution, it's not really doing much. It's such lazy PR as well. It's like, he's like vaguely remembering some football focus item he saw three years ago where Claudio Ranieri was taking away the Leicester lads for pizza. He's like, oh, if I do that, will we win the champion, the title? He's just like a really shit absent dad who's right. realised <laughs> he needs to claw something back here. Take the kids out for pizza. Just frantically pulling out like vouchers for Happy Meals. Yeah. Newcastle Natter is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Newcastle Natter Beer of the Month. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. So, I suppose we should talk more about football, but it's also grim. So, Hosselu's still starting. 
Shelby and Diame were in midfield. There was no, I mean, there were a few last minute injuries. There was no Dummett. So Kennedy went in at left back. And Atsu played. Yes. It looked like he did okay, actually, Atsu. From what yeah, I, saw. I think okay is as good as you can really say about anyone in our team. It was a shame Fernandez was out because he looked probably our best player against Palace. Yes, it felt like we missed saying him. That. Right, but like Lascelles and Clark as a duo, just they're the two least creative centre backs we could have. I don't know if Cher was injured or he not. He was on the bench. You sort of think him instead of Kieran. Kieran Clark just doesn't look up to it. I think Clark should only get in our team if Lascelles is injured as a direct replacement for him. Well, you know, form-wise, there have been moments where I've really uh, rated Clark. Not as a sort of um, uh, a top central defender, but someone who can uh, really do a job. Uh, I suppose we should talk about the goals. One of them was a penalty conceded by DeAndre Yedlin, handball. Seemed harsh, I thought. Do you think? In real His hands time. were in the air. They were in an unnatural position. But yeah, but they so... moved up because the ball was fired, so he moved his hands up. I think when you see it in slow-mo, it sort of seems a lot clearer than but even in if real it's... time. But though his hands were going up were a reaction to the ball. So, Don't, If it had gone the other way, if it was a Leicester player doing that, I'd be saying it's a penalty. I just think it's it was slightly harsh. Perez could have had a penalty as well. It would probably have been slightly softer than that. That was with Maguire, wasn't it? Now, the match of the day pundits said uh, were very categorical in how that wasn't a penalty. To me, I think it looked like a penalty, but I sort of concede to there. Maguire just looks like he's... Have you seen Frankenstein where he throws a child in the lake? No. It's kind of like, he just looks like a sort of a weird animal that occasionally gets angry and just grabs things. He's sort of in, he's in the Tyson Fury category of human, yeah. isn't he? He just looks like someone, a boy who grew up on a farm and has is used instead of a mule sometimes for ploughing. Yes. Just has to pull things along. He looks bred for a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fact that that purpose has become football is fair play to him. Well, it's worked out quite well for him, yeah. really. But you sort of think, if you point in a direction and tell him to run, he'll run that way until his legs give in. Yeah. He's very much... Uh, I mean, he's very much Lenny in a of my yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a nail on the head. Nail on the head, yeah. Or as Jimmy Vardy calls him, slabhead, which is essentially bullying. Yeah, I quite like it, though. Yeah, but making it public, it's just, <laughs> it's just a bit mean. True. Um, uh, so, and then Maguire, of course, scored a goal against us from yeah. a set piece. I felt like Leicester's performance was, again, going back to set piece stuff, they essentially did what we were doing a lot last season, not really creating any chances, just getting a set piece goal and then playing on the counter. I think they've quite impressively stuck around as a pretty decent side. Yeah, they've spent well over 100 million to do that. 
And they had the opportunity to do that thanks to getting in the Champions League and um, selling some big players and using those, that fucking TV money that we should be using. Yeah. They've bought an American president in James Madison <laughs> who seems to be doing pretty damn well for them. Yeah. And, yeah, they're just another team that... There's so many teams in the Premier League which are who are definitely better than us. Yeah. And so many clubs that are being run better than us. Like our, you compare James Madison to Jacob Murphy, is that the club's respective forays into the championship, like plundering Norwich. We still we would never pay twenty million for a championship player or for any player. No, we wouldn't. We have it would just be it would be deemed too big a gamble, and by not taking those sorts of gambles, you just add a level of certainty onto how low down the table you're going to finish. Uh, Rafa apparently said this week that uh, he thought that everyone understood, including Mike Ashley. I don't know if that's thanks to a conversation or he's just suggesting it's implicit that we do need to spend money in January. Well. It's just the shittest time to spend money, and we never do. And when we do, like, I mean, it, it has been successful in the past, but it is, it shouldn't get to that. Yeah, I think the only time it worked for us in the past is when we were essentially the exception that proves the rule, when we got Sissoko and all those others in. Well, there was a moment there uh, during Mike Ashley's reign when we seemed to have, in Graham Carr's heyday... Mm. Pre Cabea and pre Justin Barnes, sort of vetoing every transfer over ten million pounds. Right, but there was a there was a little period there where we seemed to tap into a market that not everyone was doing. Yeah, but now we no longer have that, and neither do we have the uh, the the wherewithal to. To compete. In yeah, our transfer and scouting policy, when we were getting all those great French players, we were the only team doing it. It was like when Wenger went to Arsenal and suddenly had them all eating pasta instead of... Like, it got them healthier and they were the only club doing it and it got them results. But then, It is hilarious that football got <laughs> that far. It got to the late yeah. 90s before anyone thought, should we maybe not eat? Ten steak bakes before every game. But it's all pasta. It's not like it's not health food. No, but it's yeah, just that idea of like carbohydrates. But then everyone else, once one team starts doing it, everyone else cottons on. So the whole going to France for bargains doesn't apply as much now. And Premier League and teams stopping get off quoted, in Italy for pasta. <laughs> Premier League teams get quoted higher prices from France now than other leagues. What we need is a new manager who comes in with a new kind of food. Berries. Berries. Just stick everyone on the berry diet. (laughs) Up we go up the table. I think we would break the Premier League record for the most players shitting themselves on the field. Do you remember when footballers didn't just eat three sacks of berries before a game? Seems weird thinking about it now. You think footballers, you just think berries. But yeah, now, now footballers are all just big old berry heads. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, 
So I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll head to social media. Can you feel while I look it up, please, Paul? Uh, well, there's not much to talk about apart from the smooth, refreshing taste of Watney's Pale Ale. Coming in at 4.2%. It's a, a steady session beer. It really is heaven in a can, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got uh, tweets here from Chris Tompkins. He says, Is Rafa beyond blame for the results of the season? Seems the gaffer has the ultimate get-out-of-jail card with most of the fans because of Ashley's penny pinching. I guess we have covered that. Yeah. I think there's there's decisions that seem strange, like uh, sticking with Hosselu, not bringing in some of the new players, but it's always that grass is greener thing. Apparently there was quite a bit of disgruntlement from the stands when Matt Ritchie came off. Yeah. Um, I think the problem Rafa has is a lot of the decisions he makes might well be the best decisions possible but still mean we'll lose games because we're so far behind a lot of other teams. He's lucky he is, uh, I don't want to say charismatic because I guess he's not, but he's very good at, well, one, he, he automatically gets respect because of his record and because people understand the circumstances that he's managing under. But also he's very good at uh, PR, basically, yeah. with uh, ingratiating himself with the a club's fans and the city he, he's very good at that and the journalists and the journalists he's he's very good at getting people on side and it's good that he's got those skills because we're not a club who are getting many points at the moment and we're also a club who are not playing any attractive football yeah and I'm not I guess I am sort of blaming him for that I understand why he's doing it and I think we probably will uh, get the points we need to survive, thanks to that method. But yeah, we don't if, have if, the players if, for attractive football, and that's not his fault. You look at when he arrived; we had sort of Townsend, Wijnaldum, Sissoko, and we we played decent football with them. It wasn't amazing, but I think if we had those players now, we wouldn't be anywhere near the relegation zone. He's just not been afforded the luxuries previous managers were. Sure. But if every single thing was exactly the same about the club and what was going on on the pitch, but it was Glenn Rhoda in charge and not Rafa Benitez, he would be getting a lot of shit, I think. But if it was Glenn Rhoda, you look at us last season and how well we did with the squad we had, there's... I can't think of many other Premier League managers who would have got that result. Even quite, like Eddie Howe, Chris Hooten, quite high-ish achieving Premier League managers would not have done as well with our squad last season. No, I think... You, I think We've got the I'm best manager we can get. I guess I'm, I'm talking about this season in isolation, which is unfair because it's only seven games. I guess the other reassuring thing as well is that we are not in a good run but we've been here before with Rafa and we know he can get us out of it it's not like when everything was going to shit under McLaren and you just thought there's no way out a lot of people seem to be forgetting like we've been here before and he's a manager who's proved he can do it I don't think he's necessarily above complete criticism but no manager is the problem is we're there's such fine margins with our games because of how weak our team is that any slight mistake is going to be amplified because we're so poor. To be fair, he isn't above criticism 
but there is no tangible benefit to people getting on his back at the moment. Yeah. That's one of possibly the only positive thing about the club at the moment is that he's what what people have chosen to believe in and uh, we might as well keep that going because that allows for some positivity. I guess he represents yeah. for the fans at the moment the the heart and soul. I think for the people that are crying out for Mitrovic, you only have to look at Fulham. They're not that far above us after a much easier run-in and having spent well over £100 million. Yeah, things aren't actually going all that great for them. They are playing some pretty football, though. But they have... Well, at least they were. But, yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether we end up finishing above them. Who knows? That could happen, mm. couldn't it? Uh, Chris84 Lukey says, when do we ask for Gale back? I wonder if we've got that option in January. I can't see us doing it. I don't think we will have. I wish we did. Yeah, it's probably an all-in season-long deal, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be the same as Rondon's. I can't imagine Rondon has a a recall clause. It's one of those things I don't know if it actually exists outside football manager. Yes, I was only thinking about football manager when I was thinking of that. It's like the whole, uh, not part exchange player thing, but you know what I mean? We chuck a player into a transfer deal. Oh, yeah. That's that a... hardly ever seems to happen outside like those sort of games. Or the uh, sale of Andy Cole mm. to Man United and we got Keith Gillespie. Yes, we did. Jordi Ash says, after Man U, we have a run of games that we could pick some points up from. Although, if we play like we did against Leicester, dot, dot, dot. How many points do you think we will have by Christmas? Who so, have we got before Christmas? Let's go okay. through the fixtures and say what we think we'll get. Okay, a bit of fun, isn't it? And then we'll all go home. Let's leave out the Man U one until... Oh, actually, no, we'll do... All right. We've got, we, no, let's, yeah, let's we've got Man U on Saturday. Uh, late kick-off. Uh, we're at Old Trafford. They've just lost to West Ham 3-1, who about three or four weeks ago were the last season's Crystal Palace. They were like the the club that where everything was going wrong and now they've gone on a little run and Man United are not in a good place. I'd imagine there'll probably be a reaction. Do you think we'll get anything at Old Trafford? I think we might get a point. Okay. It's the best time to play Man U, I guess. They're playing now as we're doing this, and they've got quite a strong lineup. So you'd think fatigue might be an issue, and they just seem to be imploding. They do seem to be, and we, which is enjoyable. Yeah, and if you look at our games, although we've moaned about having to play so many of the top six from last season, we've actually looked better against them than we have against Cardiff, Palace, or Leicester. It's often the way, isn't it? I think if we raise our game to that level against this Man U team with McTominay and whoever else in defence, then we've got a pretty good chance. Okay. Well, I'll ask you for a score later. Then we've got Brighton at home. I mean, that is... Must win. It's, I don't know if it's a must win, but it's, you certainly really want to be getting... It's about time we got three points mm. once we've got Brighton at home. Isn't it? Then we've got Southampton away, who are unpredictable, but... They're not good, are they? They're not good. We're not great away at Southampton usually, but no, I, I think it depends. Remember watching us lose four 0 there. 
Uh, it depends on whether Danny Ings is fit, I think, with Southampton at the minute. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a point there. And then we've got Watford at home, who are on form at the moment. You'd have are to say... Are they, though, no? Oh, uh, maybe not. Then we've got Bournemouth at home. I'm not going to go through every game and predict every score because this will go on forever. No. But then we've got Bournemouth at home. You'd like to think something might happen. There. But, you know, they're a good side, Bournemouth. Burnley away on a Monday night. Burnley have, you know, they didn't we get. Are that? they still in Europe? They are, I think. We had um, a very tight game away at Burnley last year, I think. We did. I remember. I remember that. I think all of these games will be tight, but yeah. playing the percentages, we should get a few wins. I seem to remember Burnley away being on telly and that being uh, the night that I realised they were sponsored by a, a golf game app. <laughs> um, West Ham at home. Who knows? Everton yeah. away. Wolves at home. Huddersfield away. Fulham at home. He's right. They are. These are yeah. definitely... Compare we, that to our start of the season. If we don't pick up, I don't know, a dozen points from those eight games that we've got before Christmas, I did up that right, then we're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, we're already in trouble. But I think that's... Christmas is probably Nine the better time to judge where we Christmas. are. Which is such hypocrisy after the way we all were with McLaren. <laughs> mm. No, I'm going to say that's nine games before Christmas. And I'm going to say 15 points. Yeah, I think possibly even more than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, you, you kind of want more than that from that run of games because I assume there's going to be a, a, a harder run of games coming up Yeah, in 2019. So... Man U at Old Trafford on Saturday. You reckon we can get a point out of it? What form do you think that point will come in? In terms of score? I think one all. I think it'll be a one all. Yeah. I think we will lose. I'm just being honest. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a shock. I think we will lose... 25-0. Yes. I think we'll lose 2-1 having gone 1-0 ahead. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think we'll get a, we'll all get a bit excited. We'll go one nil. I don't mind that. We've did you see the the stat from this weekend? We're the only team in any of the English leagues not to have been ahead for a minute in any game. That is true. So I'd take being ahead in a game at the moment. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, last season we were very much a first goal wins team, yeah. and we're we seem to be the same this season. We're just not getting the first goals. Again, I think that whole thing about set pieces is a huge difference this year that took a lot of the pressure off. We had a bit more originality about set pieces, well, when now we're just like, get it to Lascelles. It's the same as when we had Mike Williamson with Pardew. It was just Mike Williamson back post, get it to him. Now it's just Lascelles. Yeah, we need to start to being a bit more could, inventive. You'd like to think there'd be a bit more creativity there. I mean, Kieran mm. Clark can be a threat. Yeah. Even Hosselu, like you look at his two goals this season. What, yeah. That near post header against, I can't remember who. Maybe we need to be using Lascelles as a decoy 
for someone else. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to wrap things up there and uh, go get myself some more Watneys. Yeah. I'm going to go straight to the Watney shop. Watneys.com. It's actually watneys-beer.com. Uh, oh, there you go. Oh, shit. It contains gluten from cereals. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it's absolutely delicious, as was your company, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So that brings us to the end. Thank you very much, Paul Doolin. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Don't forget to get in touch at Newcastle Natter on Twitter. Follow, we are on Facebook. Like our Facebook page. Rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Get, throw us a review. We're not on Instagram because we're not cunts. <laughs> but um, thank you very much for your support. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.